Amen. Stan and Phil, thank you for sharing that beautiful song and how true that is. Sinner saved by grace. And that's true for all of us, isn't it? We're all sinners that have been saved by the grace and by the mercy of God. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 12. And we see here an example of a man that we started looking at last week. And we certainly saw how this man came to faith by the call of God and by the grace of God. Because we're told that Abram uh, believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And we talked about how that's how everybody comes to faith. Uh, in Jesus Christ and comes to salvation. Even before Jesus had come into the world, salvation was still by God's grace, even in the Old Testament, looking ahead to what Christ would do. Abraham didn't understand all that we understand, but he put his faith in God and trusted him, and he was on the basis of that faith and God's grace that it was credited to him. It was accounted to him for righteousness. And so we must always remember that the basis of salvation is the grace and mercy of God. Always from the Old Testament to the New Testament to today and forever. That's the only way a person ever gets to heaven. No one gets to heaven based on their goodness, based on their own work based on their own righteousness. And that's why every philosophy or any other religious uh, system or denomination or belief that is trying to tell people, you have to work your way to heaven. You have to deserve to get into heaven. It's never going to happen. None of us can ever be good enough. But God makes us good enough in His sight on the basis of the blood of Jesus Christ that's been applied in our life. Now, here's Abraham, a man who is considered the father of the faithful, the man who many people look back to as one of the great patriarchs of Israel, obviously, the greatest, and a man that is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, the roll call of faith, and we see an account here in Genesis chapter 12 that will take your breath away about the failure in a moment of panic and fear. In fact, I dare say that what we read here from a modern perspective, people would think he was disqualified for the rest of his life to be able to do anything in service to God. I mean, from, a, from the way that we often approach things, uh, he would be disqualified. And yet, God didn't give up on Abraham. He, he uh, after what we're going to read here, he continued to use Abram, Abraham, because the plan of God was still in full force, even though in this moment there was great failure. One way to call it is imperfect faith. And the truth is we all are imperfect people of faith. Yes, we have saving faith in Jesus Christ, but that doesn't mean that we're perfect in the way we live for the rest of our earthly 
life. We're perfect in our standing before God based on Christ, but not in our person, not in the way that we live. None of us will ever reach perfection until we step into heaven. And here we see an example of imperfect faith. And let me read this passage to you, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. It's in uh, Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 10, verses 10 to 20. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt. Just to stop there, anytime you see down to Egypt, it's usually a bad thing. It's usually a bad sign. Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass, when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say, You are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say, She is my sister? I might have taken her, I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Isn't that an amazing account? Isn't it amazing that it's in the Bible? This kind of account is, a, is one of the great proofs of the truthfulness of Scripture. If this was a made-up deal, if the Bible was a made-up deal, this, this story never would have gotten in. It would, never, it would not be there. And yet we see again and again with the great heroes of biblical faith, God puts them in here, warts and all. We see their great and shining moments, and we see their great failures. And I think God put that in there for a reason, because he knows we all struggle through our lives, and we're going to have our times of failure and weakness and sin. And he wants us to see that though we are imperfect, he is perfect. And it's his perfection, it is his power, and it's his grace that has the final word. And so here, on the heels of verses 1 through 9... Abram coming to faith, Abram being obedient. God said to, to get out of the city where you are and go to a land that I will show you. 
And God led him to the promised land, to the land that he was going to give him. Great faith, amazing faith to do that. And right on the heels of that, we have this account. Isn't that so much like life? Sometimes we feel like we are on a mountaintop spiritually and we have it all figured out and we're just feeling like we're close to the Lord and everything is going well and we're doing what God wants us to do and then boom, something happens. And we are panicked, we're terrified and sometimes we make bad decisions in the middle of that kind of emotional experience. And that's what happens here with Abram. He was in the land that God led him to. And what happened in verse 10? Now there was a famine in the land. This is life on this earth. Sometimes uh, we're in a situation where we think things are just the way it ought to be. And then something unexpected happens. Well, sadly, as young people learn as they go through life, and you know, when it happens the first few times, uh, they're shocked, and then eventually they figure out, you know, this is the way it's always going to be, and that is that something happens, unexpected. And going through life is going through a series of these unexpected things and walking with the Lord through the ups and the downs of life. Now there was a famine in the land. And Abram had a choice. He could have stayed where he was. And the land that God led him to. He could have stayed there. And he could have trusted the Lord to somehow provide for him. We don't know how long he was there in the famine. We don't know how long he waited. But he made the decision to go down to Egypt. And that phrase in Scripture many times means doubting God's promise, running ahead of God, trying to manufacture on your own an answer rather than trusting in the provision of God. He went down to Egypt to dwell there. The famine was severe. And it says it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to his wife, Sarah. And as we read earlier, he wanted her to, to say that she was just Abram's sister. Now, the interesting thing is, it's a half-truth. It's a half-truth. If you go over to Genesis chapter 20 and look there, you find another time that Abram, Abraham did this. I mean, he didn't just do this once. He did it a second time. Bless his heart. Uh, this was a point of weakness for him. He had, he had points of uh, fear in the face of, of, uh, of people, men. And that's often a fear that we have. We're afraid of what people are going to say, what they're going to do, what they're going to think. And so sometimes we react in terror to the fear of men. And he did it again in chapter 20 with Abimelech, a man named Abimelech. But look what it says there if you go down to verses 11 and 12. And Abraham said, because finally Abimelech said basically what Pharaoh did, what, why did you do this? What, why did you pass her off as your sister? And look what it says in verse 11. And Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will kill me. On account of my wife. 
but indeed she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. So when he passed Sarah off, Sarai, this is before their names were changed by God, I believe in chapter 16 or 17, uh, it was a half-truth. This was his half-sister, but it was also his wife, which was not an uncommon thing in that, the culture of that day for uh, family members sometimes to intermarry. Uh, but this was a half-truth that he was saying. She was far more than his half-sister, this was his wife. And so in terror of what Pharaoh would do, he wanted to pass her off simply as his sister. Now, historians have dug up accounts outside of the scripture, actually, of Pharaohs that if they saw a beautiful woman, they would sometimes take that woman to be a part of their harem, to be a part of uh, of their number of wives or concubines, and then they would kill the husband because they would be afraid that the husband would be somehow trying to be a threat to Pharaoh. And so Abram had some reason to have this fear. He probably had heard of this practice and had a fear that this would happen to him when they went down to Egypt. So you see how the decision to leave the promised land and go to Egypt then opens up all kinds of other decisions that Abram began to make. And this was one of them. And he made this choice out of fear. We must not live in fear and react to situations by fear. We, we're often tempted to do that because we're, we're human beings. And fear is a powerful thing. But when we make decisions based on fear instead of what God would have us to do, we almost always make poor decisions. So remember that your faith can rise above fear and help you to trust God for answers and for direction and for leadership rather than making decisions out of fear alone. And so Abram and Sarah went to Egypt and passed her off as his sister. So it was, verse 14, when Abram came into Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman that she was very beautiful. She must have been a beautiful woman because this happened twice. Abram was terrified that because her, his wife was so beautiful that these other kings would want to take her for themselves. And sure enough, the princes of Pharaoh saw her, commended her to Pharaoh. The woman was taken to Pharaoh's house, and Abram got a handsome payoff because of that. And there's a list there of all the different animals that he received, which was a real compliment in that day. That was a positive thing, to be given that many animals for uh, a daughter, or in this case, for his sister. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh. This is where God had not abandoned Abram and Sarah. Do you think that God sometimes protects you from yourself? I'm convinced of that. So here's a case where Abram makes a very poor decision, and yet God didn't say, okay, you did that. I'm just going to leave you to it. I'm done with you. I'm going to wash my hands of you. 
He didn't do that. The Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And somehow he communicated to Pharaoh why it was happening. Because it says, and Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? He found out that this was not just Abram's half-sister, but this was his wife. And this is why the plagues had come upon the house of Pharaoh. So God, looking at this situation, God stepped in to save this family, to bring them back together. He was not going to allow Sarai to remain in Pharaoh's house and to be Pharaoh's wife because he had willed that Abram and Sarai would become Abraham and Sarah and that the seed of their relationship would be the line from which the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, would come and be the Savior of the world. Here you see God's intervention way back there in order to preserve his plan to bring salvation to all people. He stepped in to history right here. And he stopped Pharaoh from taking Sarah, Sarai actually as his wife. Notice what it says there. Verse uh, 19. I might have taken her as my wife. It was not consummated apparently. He took her, was going to make her his wife, but it never actually happened. God intervened to keep it from happening. He saved Abram from himself. And I think many times in our lives, we blunder into decisions and mistakes. Sometimes we know that when we make the decision, it's wrong. And sometimes we blunder into bad decisions. We don't even realize what we're doing when we do it until we're in the middle of it. And I think many times God saves us from ourselves. He steps in somehow. Or he takes the bad that we have helped to create and out of it he brings good. And so here we find this man of great faith listed in the roll call of faith in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, it says, left Ur of the Chaldees and went to the land that God told him to go to. doesn't mention this. God doesn't mention this in Hebrews chapter 11. And so if there's something in your life somewhere back there, some failure, some terrible decision that you made, and you have been plagued all of these years, that that is all that God thinks about, just remember that he didn't even mention this about Abraham in the roll call of faith. And it didn't exclude Abraham from being in the roll call of faith. He didn't throw Abraham away because Abraham was saved by grace. And you know what? He doesn't throw you away either. When your faith, your saving faith, in the way you live it out, is sometimes done imperfectly, you fail, I fail, we sin. God, His grace is greater than our sin. And here is an example of how the grace of God was greater than the poor decision that Abram made. Now, imagine the humiliation that Abram felt here. 
He's the one who is the person with a relationship with God, not Pharaoh. And he gets dressed down and lectured here by Pharaoh for what he did. Imagine how humiliated he must have felt. Why in the world did you do this? And, of course, God preserved his life. I mean, you know, Pharaoh could have had him killed for doing something like that, but he didn't. God had intervened. Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. Now, I wonder what the discussion was between Sarai and Abram when they left Pharaoh's house. That's one of those unknown conversations. It's not recorded in Scripture. But I'm sure there was a conversation of some kind. It probably continued for a long time. But here is a great example of imperfect faith, failure, and yet God was there through it all. God is so, so gracious to us because so many times we are Abram. And we may not be this decision, but there are decisions. There are things we have said and done decisions we've made that we wish we could take back and we look back and we think how could I have ever done that stupid thing but God brings us through all of those things and someday we're going to step into heaven not because we've always made perfect decisions but because we have received the grace and mercy of God And just as the plan of God went forward, despite this detour, God brought it back to where it needed to be, and he kept that plan moving along. And praise God for his faithfulness. And so at the end of our imperfect faith, always remember that there is a perfect God. And because of that, We can rest in him. We can trust him for his great faithfulness. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your love, your grace. And thank you for how you manifested it here in the life of Abram. We read this story and we think, my goodness, how could Abram have done that? And yet, Lord, in other ways, we have been just as imperfect so we pray that you will forgive us and help us to realize how good you are how powerful you are and that you can take even the terrible things that we do or plan to do sometimes and out of it you can continue to work your will and your plan and thank you that you did that in the life of abram and sarai Help us, Lord, to to trust you so that in those difficult moments we, we won't make the wrong decisions, but rather we will glorify you by trusting you, by waiting on you, and by allowing you to work out your plan and your will in the way that you want to do it. Thank you again for your presence here. And now in this time of invitation, Lord, if you have laid something on our heart, a decision we need to make tonight, help us, Lord, to be willing to follow you and be obedient to you in every way. 
For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.